Whipper. I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. So you know how to walk. You know how to dance. You ever dance with the devil in the shared with all of you my Silence of Plateau. And I'm going to report this week that I am still very much in a Silence of Plateau. I don't feel like there have been any grand revelations of how I'm all of a sudden a better dancer than when I spoke with you last week. But here's what I can say. I've spent the last week learning a new shine pattern, something I found on YouTube, something by the one, the only Adolfo. And I'm going to link to that in the show notes in case you'd like to see what I've been practicing. And it wasn't pretty at first. Um, For the first couple days, I could barely do it uh, to very, very slow counts. I was certainly using my slow motion YouTube accessory there to make things even slower. But by the end of a week, I actually have it. I have it down to music. Now the next test is going to be putting it into social dancing and doing these movements really helps me get out of my norms. Certainly with Adolfo, he has a very specific style, specific way that he dances. And that helps me to try new movements that my body isn't necessarily used to. And in that same vein, I do want to also give a shout out to someone who did comment on last week's post. It's called CS Chan. I want to read out his comment here to you. He says, greetings from Malaysia. I've been out dancing and clubbing for many years. Thank you for saying what I've also been feeling about my own plateau. When I look back, sometimes I just don't know where I'm going anymore. Thank you for sharing, Mr. Castellucci. Well, you're welcome, and thank you for sharing, C.S. Chan. I hope that the podcast was beneficial for you. I hope that you're doing some practice there on your side. Check out some things on YouTube or just take some different approaches to your learning. And I'll keep you guys posted on my progress uh, with how I'm doing with the shines, with getting out of this, this bit of a rut that I'm in, and more to come on that. But to talk about today's podcast, I want to do a bit of a recap on a recent post in LDC by Chili Alizar. I always enjoy Chili's post. This one especially I enjoyed because I can identify with it. It's named The Different Kind of Leaders. Now... I'm going to just share the post, and then at the end, I'm going to share some of my thoughts about Chili's post. So to begin, part two. If you read my previous article on the different kind of followers, you would know that while I was carrying out some research on what makes a good lead and follow, I inadvertently discovered that leaders tend to categorize followers into different categories, and followers do the same. Now, before you read on, I would just like to clarify. This is an opinion piece that highlights views that was distilled from my own personal research. It in no way reflects the views of LDC. Now, when you read this article, don't read it and be discouraged or disappointed for any reason. Ultimately, you need to remember two things. First, why do you dance? Whatever that reason, don't let anyone take that joy away from you, even when you disagree with what they have to say. Second, if you think you fall into one of the categories that is not very flattering, remember that you have the power to change. And the first step toward change is awareness. Now, 
these categories mentioned here are not boxes that people are born into, and they have nothing to do with a person's dance level. As a matter of fact, it usually boils down to skill, social etiquette, confidence, and awareness. Remember that leading can be taught, it can be learned, and it can be fixed. Now here we go. The five different kinds of salseros. Number one, the extremist. This, actually, uh, this is actually two different types of extreme leads that I have separated into A and B. The A, extreme shy guy. The lead who is so timid and shy, he barely leads the lady at all. He just sort of stands there for the entire dance and forces the lady to have an interpretive dance. And B, Mr. Rough Rider, I like the name there. The lead who is so aggressive, the lady feels like her arms are being pulled out of her socket joints whenever she dances with him. Extremes are rarely a good thing, and usually you should always try and aim for a bit of balance. Number three, or number two, <laughs> the man's man. This is the kind of lead who has a firm yet gentle lead and is very clear on the dance floor as to what he wants the follower to do while still allowing her enough space and independence to do her own thing when she wants or needs to. He takes care of the follower, learns how she moves, and leads in a way that she finds easy to follow. He takes notice of dance levels and pushes just beyond limits so that the follower always feels challenged yet good about the dance. Lastly, he inspires and encourages the follower to play with the music and to express themselves. Next, the show-off. This leader usually has a ton of fancy moves and is actually a very good dancer, yet they always dance for themselves, and they never adjust their dancing to suit the lady they are dancing with. Show-offs dance flashy for the audience as they are trying to make themselves look good. Now, when the follower he is dancing with is not up to this level, she will usually find herself looking and feeling very silly throughout the dance. And lastly, the wannabe. This is the type of lead who tries to execute an endless number of complex moves and turn patterns at the expense of a decent leading and timing. They basically want to show off without the skill level that is required to be one. My only advice to you in the words of a world-class salsera is, Rather lead and execute six moves perfectly than do 60 moves terribly. And lastly, Mr. Inappropriate. We all know one of these guys whose hands wander to places they should not. To this lead, a word of advice, a follower all allows you to enter into her personal space and she is placing her trust in you to lead and take care of her. Don't abuse that trust by doing anything inappropriate to her on the dance floor. This is not cool. Respect her boundaries and ultimately respect her. Okay, this wraps up this two-part series. Let me know what you think. Did I miss a category? Do you disagree with the categories mentioned? Drop me a comment and let's get the dialogue going. Always keep dancing. Gosh, there are so many things I could say about this, but for, uh, for time reasons, I'm going to keep this brief as brief as I can to the point. Okay, number one, I do think that Chili actually missed one here. So the one that he missed is, I would call him the corrector. And ladies that are listening right now already know what I'm talking about. These are the guys that in a social dancing environment will correct your dancing. They'll say, 
oh no, you're on the wrong beat, or no, here's how the move works. And that is a huge no-no, and that is something that I did all of the time. I, I've said this before, I'm an ENFJ. When we're talking Myers-Briggs, that means that I'm a teacher. I like to teach. I teach salsa, I teach tech, I teach a lot of things. And for me, I did not differentiate between practice time where teaching is good and social dancing time where teaching is bad unless the follower actually asks you to teach them, then it's fine. But otherwise, I would have someone do a move wrong, a beginner do a move wrong, or even an intermediate do a move wrong, and I would stop and it's like, no, this is what it was supposed to be. Don't do that ever, 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 ever. Don't, stop. Now, as far as the dance styles that, uh, that Chili did point out here, it pretty much hits the mark on these. And I can think of guys who do all this. And this is not because I have a high opinion of myself. But in all honesty, I think I'm a man's man. I think I'm a man's man. And in that way, because I always treat the lady as the top priority. And within the first few eight counts, I get a sense for what kind of dancer I'm dealing with. And this is important so that you can customize and tailor your moves to her skill level. I usually teach my students in this way. You want to have a gradual increase difficulty in moves that you do when you're first dancing with a woman. What does that mean? Well, first, bring her onto the dance floor. You decide, are we going to actually be able to find the beat? So you start stepping and you do the beat. She's got it. Can she do the basic step? She's got that. Perfect. Let's move up to something a little more challenging. Let's try a crossbody lead. Does she have that? Great. Now, how does she have that? Does she have it where she did it with confidence? or she did a little bit stuttering or just not like she's done it a thousand times. That's important to know because that also will tell you, did she throw any styling in on that cross by lead? These are all attributes and variables that I take into account when I decide, okay, how long has she been dancing? I'm really trying to come up with a, 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 an ID, a user persona of who this person is. What kind of dancer to, do I uh, categorize her into? But that's really important. And then when you have that knowledge, you can know how to dance with her, what to do, what not to do. The show-off, I've met these, and sometimes I fall into this category. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I do moves that I shouldn't be doing, and more so because there's maybe a crowd watching. And I let that influence my dancing. And that's something that I'm trying to get better with. But show-offs, really, it's, it defeats the purpose, in my opinion, of dancing. The dance is really meant to have fun, which... Show off may qualify for, but also to have a connection with your partner and a connection with your partner and with the music. So it's a, really a three-way connection. It's you, your partner, and the music is what you want to try to connect to. The show off is really just doing the moves that they think are going to look good, perhaps having a connection with the music, thinking, oh, this move will look great at this point in the song. But that, again, defeats the purpose. It's this trifecta of you, your partner, and the music. The wannabe. So the wannabe, I totally agree. And gosh, in the words of that, I'm going to just repeat that because it's just so important. Rather lead and execute six moves perfectly than do 60 moves terribly. This is a quality over quantity discussion. And it's really important that you take account of your own dancing and you think if you are this. Because if you are this, you need to trim off 90% of the moves that you think you know and focus on the the 10% or the 20% of moves that you 
kind of sort of have and fine tune those and get those really, really good, right? It reminds me of like Kung Fu or like these, you know, Far East methodologies of let's do one thing so well and become experts in it. And not that you have to become an expert in it, but you have to give it the time and attention it deserves to do a really good cross-body lead. I think the cross-body lead is probably the number one basic move that people think that they have that they don't have. And then they think, oh, I have the cross-body lead. Let me do this inside turn. Let me do this outside turn. Now let me do this double-handed turn with a flick and a hair comb and go out into a Coca-Cola. It doesn't work if you can't get the basics. And one of the limiting factors, because here's the thing, here, here's the thing about the wannabes is they actually know the moves. They know functionally what happens in what order. Usually the problem is either tension, they don't have the proper tension with their follower, or perhaps they don't have a good handle on the counts of the song. If you're missing either of those two, then it's gonna be really challenging because let's say you have the counts, but you don't have the tension, you don't have the feedback loops with your lady. In that case, you're gonna do the moves, but when you do them, you're not gonna be able to have her stay on the times that she needs to, and that's gonna affect the song as well and affect the dance. So wannabes, really take account if you are a wannabe, um, ask women that you dance with, ask people who you trust, say, do you think I do moves that I shouldn't be doing? Now, there is a fine line here because I believe that everyone should be 10% wannabe. What I mean by that is most of the dance, when you're out social dancing, you should be doing dance moves that you know well. But the way that we grow, the way that we expand our knowledge is by doing moves a bit outside of our comfort zone. Moves that we may have done in class a few times or several times or many times. But getting those into social dance, I mean, it has to come at some point. And I'm in the mindset that it shouldn't be perfect before you throw it into social dance. It should be about 75, 80% of the way from what you think is social dancing ready to the point where I would introduce it into social dancing. And that will help you get it to the rest of the way. But what you don't want to do is throw these moves in that are 20% baked or 50% baked, really complex moves. And lastly, Mr. Inappropriate. This is my favorite one because I have a specific story from a specific person. I won't name names here, but I know this guy. I'll call him an acquaintance. And I saw him at a Congress. I met him through a mutual friend. Nice guy. And he told me, he told me this. He's like, uh, this was when I was first starting. This was back uh, five years ago. So I was soaking up knowledge from everyone that I could. How can I become a better lead? And this guy was telling me, you know, Sometimes you just have to surprise them on the dance floor with something. Uh, you know, what I do is I actually flip them. And for me, I, I stood back, oh, what, what do you mean flip them? And he said, well, you know, on the dance floor, what I'll do is I'll, I'll put them in this position where they don't really know what's coming, and I'll give them a backflip. And they'll always, like, follow because they don't know, and if they're a good follow, they'll know to just follow. And they'll do a full backflip and land, and they'll be so shocked that I'll make this impression with them. And I, I said, okay, that's an interesting strategy. And all I'm thinking to myself this whole time is, my God, if someone flipped me without telling me any kind of preview for that, I will be so pissed that 
would, would just make me walk off the dance floor. So that's what I think when I think of inappropriate. Backflips certainly are inappropriate. Now, that's not really what Chili meant with this. I think he was more talking about you know inappropriate touching, and that is where the, what's the word for it? The intent makes a lot of difference as well. Ladies are way, way better. I, listen, you got us nailed with this with your body language, okay? You can read body language so much better than we can. Guys are just like, run, like we're, we're like cavemen. We don't understand stuff like that, okay? But ladies are really, really good at understanding body language, facial cues, what this guy is really thinking, okay? And that's important because you can, I, I've, I've been on the dance floor and I have inappropriately touched women, but it was totally by accident, totally by mistake where I meant to do something and I was just learning and I instead like, you know, made inappropriate contact. And I immediately had this nervous look on my face and I was like, sorry, sorry, sorry. And they totally got it. It was totally cool. Not that I would say it was cool from my perspective. I was like, gosh, Rob, come on, let's, let's be more careful next time. But it was cool from their perspective. Now they can tell when this guy is just trying to have an inappropriate feel on purpose. Ladies know that stuff. All right. That's why it's really important for guys to have the right intention. Um, and it's also important to, you know, let's get our fundamentals down. Let's know where a real copa is supposed to land on her hip, not anywhere below her hip. Let's know where the closed position is really supposed to land. Um, these things are, are good. And we want to, as a leader, have a filter that we filter our moves through. And this should be one of those filters. This should be a filter of, Am I at risk of inappropriately touching the woman? If so, let me try to keep that top of mind. Let me make sure I get that correct. Before I move on to being a show off, trying these other moves, you know, that is a good initial filter. Let's make sure that I keep everything appropriate with my dancing. So Chili, this was a cool article, man. I enjoyed it. If you want to check it out, you want to read it for yourself, or you want to read the prior article, part one of Chili's article on followers, Check that out. Um, also, again, check out in the show notes for my shine that I'm learning from Adolfo. If you're curious what that looks like, check it out there too. Guys, I appreciate it. I'm going to be on vacation. I'm going on vacation next week. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to pre-record something if I can. That means you'll be hearing my pre-recorded voice next week. But otherwise, I'll see you in another week and a half. And until then, enjoy your dancing. Get out there, do some dancing, and I will see you perhaps on the dance floor. Que te agarres